Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk and on this episode I am once again joined by the legend himself, Tom, Mr. Sheridan Hand. Uh, well, well, there he is. I heard him for a moment. But, uh... <laughs> he made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there he is. I, I, my introduction Hello. is in there. There we are. And, and we're going to talk about um, some weird links. Well, well, what we've done, I said to Tom, I said, look, let's do an episode. Uh, but let's do an episode where you go off and find something um that you want to talk about and uh and i'll go off and find something that i want to talk about and see what we come back with so but anyway without me waffling too much um how have you been tom what, what have you been up to because it's been a while since we spoke yeah it's been a while um i don't know what i've been up to same old same old melting because it's too hot as always um yeah just working on some videos doing a bit of streaming playing some games and uh all, all all that good stuff, really. Well, Staying yeah, in I my house most of the time, you. never going out. <laughs> well, no, you do walk the dog. Oh, I walk the dog, yeah. I, mean, that, you know, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, have you... Uh, uh, no. Now, your, your gnome planting days, are they over? Oh, well, where I hide random gnomes that I've made around... Yeah uh yeah no they're not actually i want to do i want to make some more yeah. so all right so do you ever go back to the scene where you implant the gnome and check that someone's mm -hmm. not not swiped it well well what i do i make little gnomes and i hide them around in the hope that yeah. people take them so they're, they're almost all gone um there's one that's been there. I think I hid the last ones in March, and there's one that's been there since then, hiding under a rock. At the, it's just it's just at the park up the road from me. There's a nice little like wildlife park, and I've just gone around hiding these little gnomes that I've made out of um, this this clay stuff. And um, yeah, people, people, most most of them are gone. People have found them. I hid them all in quite obvious places, but there's one that's still there. Apparently, because I put a picture of it on Instagram, someone who lives nearby has gone there and found it, took a picture of it, and then put it back in its hiding space. So it, it might still be there. But, um, I might. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go and hide some more around there. Um, another, another thing I like doing is painting. I like to paint pictures on little rocks, and then uh, go and hide them in places for people to find. Well, I um, I think that uh, if you keep doing that, there might be a bit of a legend built up that. Uh... You know the the legend of the uh, the gnome uh, the gnome dropper. So uh, I I think that uh, it's people find stuff like that and you get it back and everything. Oh, I found this in the park. Like, well, if it's mm. cursed, what if somebody yeah. put a uh, put a, a hex on it and it's uh, and then the, their whole lives are destroyed? I, I'm sure you haven't done that, but you know. Well, but um, that, I, I just think it's great. I think it's great. The, the, you know, how often are you out for a walk and you find something like that, a trinket, a uh, you know, a gift from from wherever. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying about I, gaming. I, I, what, I like the idea what, of it. It it is a it's an it's an unusual idea, and it's something that's a bit of fun in it. It's a bit of fun, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Are you going to say about gaming? I was going to ask you. Um, oh. could you be doing your Twitch and that? How how's that been going? Yeah, yeah. It's going all right. It's a, it's a small. I've got a small following on there at the minute, um, but it's it's growing every day. I'm getting more and more followers and subscribers and all that. And uh, 
yeah, I'm just doing a bit of been playing a bit of Resident Evil and then uh, a bit of Dark Souls, just whatever, whatever I feel like playing. Really, it's it's quite fun. So, do you base your channel mainly around like the classics, the classic sort of old school sort of gaming, or is it going to be sort of, more um, sort of modern stuff as well? It's it's a mix, really. I've, I've I, I'd say I probably prefer all the classic. Well, classic as in like the the early survival horror type of games but yeah. um yeah. I, I play some modern ones just because people like to see them and they like to know what they're about so it's you know they get they get good views so i'll, I'll cover them as well but i may I'm, I'm mostly focus on horror i, I suppose just because it's what people expect from uh from my channel to from what I've been, what's your been favorite playing. uh what's your favorite sort of um classic sort of console oh god now you're asking i've had i've had so many over the years um, I mean, my all-time favorite, and it's more of a computer than a console, is the ZX Spectrum. Oh, yeah, that's what I, that's what that's really what I started with, and I've still got one now. So, I, and I still play it, but I don't know if that counts as a console. It's more of a microcomputer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, home you micro. Know? Yeah, I think when I first started getting properly into consoles was around like the the PlayStation One era. Up to that point, I'd had like um. You know, computers, Amigas, Spectrums, but yeah. And then me and my brother went mad on like any time we'd have some spare money, which wasn't very often. We'd we'd end up saving up and trying to buy a console. So we ended up with like Sega Saturn, PlayStation, Nintendo sixty four, like between us. So we were little console kids back then. Yeah, I uh, I got quite taken when the uh, I mean, being a PC gamer, yeah, uh, back in the day. I I got quite taken with consoles because they were quick and easy and mm. obviously you know the graphics were getting good and uh, uh I I had a um Super NES and I loved it uh, Mario Kart mm-hmm. Pilot Wings all those kind of games I loved them all and when the um the PlayStation the original PlayStation 1 came out everybody was raving about it you know you've got to get it it's the latest thing it's you know disc based and all that stuff Mm-hmm. And and I bought it, and I sold all my Super NES stuff and all my games and that. And I bought this, uh, you know, the, the PS One. And I was I was a little bit underwhelmed when I uh, started playing it, and I'm like thinking, mm. did I make the right decision? Did I? Uh... And I never really kind of gelled with it. I never really sort of never really became my gaming go to. I played it for a while. Maybe I had it for about a year, and then I I think I sold it. I just boxed it all up somebody said oh i'll uh, i'll buy that from you and i sold it and i i just bought some pc stuff with the money uh but i just never really got with it and i always regretted like selling my nes and my super nes and all the games have you ever done that mm-hmm. have you ever regretted something like oh, that? oh yeah yeah i mean i did just i there was a time where i really needed money and um i i as i say i'd been collecting games and things since probably like the PlayStation era, and I, I absolutely tons because I'd gone through like university and we had like a PlayStation Two, and I bought tons of games for that. And then one day I needed money, so I just went and sold like pretty much my entire collection of games, and uh, not not just my games, like all my DVDs. I had like massive collections of like horror DVDs and things, and and now and now I'm thinking, ah, oh, I really like. Like recently, I've started to get back into physical media. Yeah, you know, I've been games and uh, and films, and I've started trying to buy them back again. But 
I really regret having getting rid of so, and some of the games that I got rid of are like worth hundreds now, you know, like really rare things that I just thought, oh, these probably got like a quid for them or something back then, but they're probably worth about 300, 400 quid now. So, well, yeah. yeah, I have maybe uh, anywhere between 150 to sort of 250 8-bit uh, Spectrum Commodore 64 games, mm -hmm. uh, all in there, like original cassette format and yeah. cassette, you know, packaging and stuff. And I, I've got them all boxed up. Um, and I, I keep thinking to myself, I'm going to donate these. I'm going to find a channel mm. on YouTube that's in England and I'm going to donate it. All. And then, I, and then a little man inside of me says like, no, no, you've got to hold on to it. You've got to keep these <laughs> because it's part of your past. It's part of your computer heritage where you grew up playing computer games. And, and then I keep them and it's just, you know, it's, I don't think I'm ever going to buy another Spectrum or another mm. Commodore 64. Uh, to, to, you know, I haven't got the room to start with, but it's that kind of like little man in your head that keeps you like, hold on to it, keep stuff, you know? And it's like, mm. I do understand where you're coming from. And I think it's the an age thing where you get to a certain age and you think um, you want the things you had when you were younger. Now that you have a little bit more expendable income. Uh, when I was a kid growing up yeah. in the seventies, uh the digital watches were the thing every anyone that had a digital watch was you know that was uh that was science fiction and and i always looked in the catalogs and i'd ask the catalog my mum can i take the catalog upstairs and look at it not because i want to look at anything else but i wanted to look at digital watches and, right. and, that, and that was what you know that was me that was like i was mad on them and now when i'm older i'm a, I'm a grown-up man now i've got a nice little collection of like original seiko digital watches mm. all in near mint condition and it's like yeah but now because they're so rare i'm so scared to wear them it's really weird yeah. it's like why don't you wear those watches? well i don't want to scratch them i don't want i don't want to ding it because if you ding it that's it and it's yeah. like you know it's a you're on that kind of like you know do you don't you and i think it's the same with computer games when you when you get a uh, a collection of stuff and you want you know you want to use it and it's mm. nice that's kind of feeling where you have it and you can put the cassette in or you put the cartridge in and it works i think a lot of people are going back to that kind of physical media real tactile using stuff because what we stream mm -hmm. everything everything's online isn't it and for example my internet down, went down the other week only for about an hour but i had i, I had no access to anything nothing mm -hmm. i was twiddling yeah. my thumbs well i wasn't twiddling my thumbs i did something but I, I had no access to anything. So, you know, yep. it's sometimes it's good. I mean, I've got a small DVD collection. I've got a few box sets of things like Sapphire and Steel and the original Battlestar Galactica and some Space 1999 mm -hmm. stuff. But it's it's also room as well. It would be nice if I had my own media room where I could just walk into it and then had all my bits in there. But yeah, how, nice. how much do you collect, you know? Where, where does yeah, it end? Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, at the minute, I'm me and my me and my wife are doing a little. We've got a little mission to try and watch every Nicolas Cage movie ever, every movie that he starred in, and a lot of them you can't find to stream. So, I'm sort of slowly building a collection of Nicolas Cage movies on on physical media, just so we can watch them and tick them off our our list. He's he's got hundreds of movies, so uh, yeah. That's, that's one of my reasons for collecting physical media at the minute, purely to get Nic Nicolas Cage's back catalogue. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of, I say, he's been in a lot of films. 
that's going to be quite it's a, got a real eclectic mix of things as well. So, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, anyway, we're 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 going to move on a little bit, and right. we're going to talk about some these links that we've got because some people are going to be going. Can you just shut up? <laughs> tell us about ghosts and stuff, please. So uh, that's what we're going to do. But um, I don't know. This is the first link we're going to do, um, and yeah. uh, this is one that. I actually, I told you earlier that um, when I saw this link, I said, hey, I listened to a uh, a podcast on this mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And um, the, 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 they're called, the, the, the heading of, is it, of it is called uh, Face Peelers. And apparently this is happening, mm-hmm. is it, is it um, in Peru, isn't it? Peru, yeah. It's, I think it it's Peru, just one yeah. village in Peru. Yeah. Or one tribe. So give me the give me the basics of what's going going on here. What's what's actually happening? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll read I'll read the article. I'll read the first yeah. bit of the article because it yeah, gives yeah. a good rundown. It says terrified villagers in a rural Peruvian district have claimed that they've come under attack by seven foot tall aliens that they've dubbed Los Pelacaras or the face peelers. Oh. Um, they've reported that mysterious figures in dark coloured hoods are attacking villages. And um, people mm. have been taken to hospital. They've been like attacked. Their faces have been sliced up. Or there's a 15 year old girl who's had her neck slashed open by these these creatures. So, they're, they're doing like night patrols to try and keep them away. So. Uh, this has been. This has been in the. I mean, I've heard this on uh, another podcast where they they were talking about um, these kind of uh, uh, these these kind of things and, and mm. stuff like that. But um, I don't. Um, I, 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 I'm I'm on the fence with this. I, I'm I'm wondering if uh, if basically we, what we've got here is something a little bit more uh, on the the human side of things rather than uh aliens because mm. i'm i'm finding it i'm not I'm, i don't know i don't want to say it, it, it is one thing or the other okay i always like to be on the fence as you well know but i'm i'm wondering what 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 would you think the motivation would be for something say okay let's just pretend it is uh it's uh an alien but maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's like a uh a monster alien that's not really it, it's a escaped from their spaceship was a pet yeah yeah and it's now multiplied into multiple versions of itself and it's running around attacking people what do you think the motivation is for doing that i don't know it doesn't it doesn't really like from what i'm trying to figure out whether it's it's coming to attack people or whether it's just sort of defending itself as the villagers try to try to like keep it away from their village it's it's hard to tell but there i mean there is people who've seen them and they say they've got large heads and yellow eyes and they they've got these big round heads this sounds almost like a balloon it says they use the heads to float and they wear a mask the eyes are yellowish it's, it's i don't know i don't really know whether mm. uh they said that mm, i'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to read well, like, they, I'm, claim, I'm trying they, to... they claim that they have been attacked uh they have they, it's been they've been attacked them every night for nearly a month since july the 11th so yeah. this is like an ongoing thing. This isn't something just happened and they didn't happen. This is a an ongoing thing. So yeah. I'm. <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't know why. Why would an alien threat be attacking some random village in Peru? I no, I no idea. Well, 
the 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 the, the village that the group now have requested a military presence uh, from the authorities however it's reported it takes a 10 hour river trip to reach the community from um uh, mm. curator city i know i got that wrong but i'm doing my best uh it says we need support for our community the children do not sleep and the mothers stay up all night uh, they appear to be armored i shot one of them twice and he he wasn't injured he he mm -hmm. rose and disappeared so there there's actually you know gunfire and people think that these things are being sh shot or shot at and they don't seem to yeah. die this is something similar to what happened allegedly on skinwalker ranch when they encountered those that large dog which they mm -hmm. shot at with a high-powered uh rifle and it didn't seem to do anything to it as if the bullets just yeah. passed through it or embedded into it so um yeah i don't know mm -hmm. i just it's definitely something that uh, uh maybe there's something going on it's hard to it's hard to tell now with all the ufo stuff yeah. that's going on in the world i mean it's, i don't know it could, it could be some kind of like mass hysteria event it's just what like, there are people coming back with wounds, so it's hard. Like, what's what's yeah. doing these wounds to people? Is it a wild animal? I did I did cover a, a similar phenomenon on my channel a while ago called Pish Taco, and that's a similar thing. I think it's from the same the same area, like like Peru. They've got this folklore that dates back to like the conquistador times of these. Um, these creatures that come out at night and they they steal the fat from people. They'll like I don't know, like cut them open and take the fat out of their bodies. And they're called like the fat mm -hmm. stealers. And it sounds it sounds very similar. And there are, now and then there'll be like this mass panic event where they'll think the pish tacos are coming to to attack the, some some rural village. Um, and the, one of the more like people have tried to trace the origin of this folklore and they reckon it is from when the the spanish conquistadors went there and were just like killing random tribe you know, tribe members and things and they might have been witnessed like cooking the bodies on fires and things like that and they, they thought that they were stealing the fat from their bodies and um a lot of time it's say like a foreigner turns up in a jungle somewhere you know usually like a a white traveler and they see his, his pale skin and they, they think it's one of these pish tacos. And sometimes there'll be like random tourists that go off into the jungle and they'll get killed because the locals think that they're a pish taco. So it could be something similar to that. People are, the, the locals are seeing something in the jungle and they're mistaking it for aliens, but it's the fact that it's been going on for so long and people are seeing them face to face and they're also coming back with wounds that seems to make it a bit more makes me think what 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 is actually happening here yeah I, you know? i'm okay so let me uh play devil's advocate and put it this way maybe maybe there's something in that area where those people live and there's an outside force that wants whatever it is there maybe it's mining minerals or something i, I don't know mm, yeah. and maybe they're sort of trying to scare the people away so that they move away from that area so that they can then move in and yeah. set up shop and the way that they're doing it is they're playing on their fears of maybe folklore or their mm. belief structure what they believe it might be and they've, they're trying to physically hurt people not 
not kill them but physically hurt them in a way that uh would make them you know just pack up and go we're, we're moving but there is one allegedly one video out there i don't know whether it's real or it's been authenticated or or anything like that but there is a video floating around from a, that's allegedly attached to this and it shows a, a, a person that's been attacked by one of these beings and basically has been from the top lip up has been skinned uh so mm. that you know it's just bone showing and half and half and half you know um i don't know the problem is now with 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 ai and with you know social media is everything is so difficult to say oh, yeah that's uh, that's real or that's not real it's you know it's yeah. very um it's very difficult and obviously mm -hmm. you know these people there's no reason i don't see any reason for these people to just be making stuff up and lying um unless there's any thing in it for them but it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be like that they, they actually do seem to be really scared of something so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm on the I'm on the fence with this. It's going to be something I think that's uh, going to be another one of those mysteries of of stuff that's going on over there. And you know, don't, uh, you have a lot of that stuff like in Mexico as well. With when all the UFO stuff was really getting really crazy over there, people mm -hmm. seeing um, strange creatures in the streets uh, at night uh, in the dark yeah, parts yeah. of the streets, and children coming face to face with what we would call greys. Mm -hmm. or like insect like creatures so you don't know um you don't know what's going on with with this sort of stuff it's all yeah. a bit it's all a bit creepy so i'm i'm for me this story i'm definitely on the fence with it I, I'm, you know. yeah yeah I, I mean i wasn't when i read it it did remind me of the, of the pish taco video i did but i just thought it was interesting and i i just like the fact that they're called face peelers that gives it an extra yeah. sort of creepy edge to it but it also reminded me of do you remember that recently there was a a video going around and it was like i think it was in america the, a family had called the police because they'd seen these seven foot tall aliens in their back garden um, oh that was sure. the uh with the with the the police uh the, it was a meteor wasn't it that came or a comet yeah no, meteor fragment and it was through the sky and the, it, it turned out that they rang because something had landed in there or well, something mm -hmm. was seen in their back garden and the police arrived and somebody else had said they'd seen something as well. And then mm -hmm. that, that story kind of went a bit cold, didn't it? And disappeared. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just it just reminded me of that because it said seven foot tall aliens. And I thought that really like didn't they describe the aliens in that backyard in a similar way? Like they they said they were yeah. really tall and they just come out of nowhere. And it was uh, I don't know. I don't know whether there's a link. It just it just made me think of it, to be honest. Well. I'm I'm on the fence. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, whether it whether it goes anywhere, I don't know. But fortunately, like with a lot of these accounts, they kind of they're, they're there. People talk about them, and then they disappear, and then something comes along, something else comes along. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. but we'll see. So moving on to the next uh, story. This is another link that you sent in. Uh, the Grey Man is a South Carolina ghost that's said to warn uh, locals before hurricanes. So it's a Kind of like a a hurricane ghost that warm warns people of oncoming or an onset of a hurricane. Is that right? Yeah, this is um, and it's only seems to be in one area called Paulie's Island in South Carolina. And yeah, this okay. this um, apparently before a hurricane hits, and this this legend goes back 
like hundreds of years, like 200 years, it says on the, the site I'm looking at. And apparently now people will see this grey man figure and he'll just appear to them and it'll serve as a warning. And apparently a lot of people, their lives have been saved because they've seen this grey man and they thought, oh, yeah, that means that there's a hurricane coming and they'll get to cover or they'll they'll run somewhere else mm. and they'll be saved. It's interesting because there's lots of those stories around, isn't there? Where yeah, people yeah. have, uh, you know, you see something, whatever it might be, uh, before an event, a storm, a volcano, or mm -hmm. uh, bad weather, or a flood, and you'll see a bird or whatever, whatever it might be. And there's lots of folklore and legends about stuff like that, harbages of, of, uh, like a warning uh you know whatever yeah whatever yeah. The, i don't know i'm just trying to think of something random but whatever and uh it, it's interesting that this falls into the same uh the same area as that and it's kind of more of a it's just the legend of the gray man is is a translucent cloaked figure who appears on Pawley island south carolina when a when a massive storm is due to hit the coast um yeah. let's have a look most caroline carolonians have heard uh, they're no, they're aware of this um though it's though decidedly spooky the gray man is hardly a bogeyman a boogeyman sorry unlike other spirits of, of legends the ghost serves this a wholly altruistic purpose to save lives and according to the residents of Pauli island when a hurricane florence approached in 2018 it stirred him from his slumber mm -hmm. so you know there are yeah. there are people that have seen this individual um and, and there are supposed story they're growing well. up. The photos are, um, yeah, uh, they're a bit, they're a bit unclear. <laughs> they're a bit unclear. That so, Chip Coffee. We all we all know Chip Coffee. Uh, this is this is what he says. There's a picture. We'll put all the links in the show so you can have a look. We look. What we're looking at is a, like a a promenade area on the water wooden promenade area and there's a well you could say it was a man with a with a cloak on or something but it's very very dark in the frame what, where uh, are Chip you looking on there because that that picture i can't even see anything in that one uh it's sort of uh down the bottom a bit down the bottom of the page if you go all the way down the bottom no, i mean the I, I can see the picture uh, but i can't i can't see yeah any figure in it in the, the pictures in the middle of the right in the middle of the frame you can see what what i suppose is meant to look be a person or what he's a right in the middle of the frame uh it yeah. says um chip coffee says this is a, allegedly a photo of the gray man ghost whose legend says uh shows up prior to a devastating hurricane uh, reports mm -hmm. say he has recently made an appearance on the beach of Pauli island and then obviously see hurricane uh florence and uh there's other people uh, that have made comments as well but you know um i'm always a bit with this kind of stuff i'm all i am a little bit a little bit more on the fence or off the fence with this kind of stuff because it's down to your personal experience and now i could look yeah. at this as an individual and go well i think it's a load of rubbish you know i think i just made up people are just, mm -hmm. just one person tells a story and it just goes through the generations and he gets embellished and uh, you know whatever no one's ever seen it no one's got really any decent pictures but yeah. i think it's down to personal experience like a lot of these things 
if you experience something and it seems very real to you, then it might be real to you. It's real. Mm -hmm. So it's, it might as well be real. But yeah, I think that the problem is, is when we, we look at stuff like this, you have to kind of look at the background and look where it came from. And there's a lot of these stories with English history, with English folklore. If you go back hundreds of years and a lot of ghost stories with, um, we were talking, I can't remember what episode it was. We were talking about fairies. We were talking about the fae and uh, mm -hmm. people going out and experiencing in the woods and having a, a fairy encounter and it, either it being a good one or a bad one or whatnot or missing time when waking up hours later with their wallet gone or whatever or their, mm -hmm. their you know, their bag of uh, shekels or their whatever they had, you know, their donkey. Maybe they stole their donkey. I don't know. But um, if they, well, I don't know, back then, would you be able to afford a donkey? How much were donkeys back then? Quite expensive, I think. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I, I'm, um, yeah, once again, uh, it's an interesting story. The Grey yeah, Man yeah. is a definitely interesting story. But where do you, mm -hmm. what, what do you feel about it? What do you feel? No, I, mean, I think it's, a, I, th I think it's an interesting legend. I don't know whether, I don't know whether I believe it. Uh, none of the photos are very clear. The other, the other one as well, have you seen the one that was on Facebook by Ed Piotrowski? Um, that one's also kind of dubious, but. No, I didn't see that one, but. Uh, uh, sure I'll put it, actually, I'll put it in this. In the. See it on the streets. See it on the chat there, the private chat on the Streamlabs thing. Oh, so this was this was a recent a recent photograph. I... Oh yeah, it's it's, um, a, it's another kind of blurry one. It's just again, you can see the sea, yeah. and then you can see a a strange and you can see a thing like a, looks like a person. It could yeah. be a person, but this was a more recent yeah. sighting of the grey man. I just found it an interesting story because I. I yeah, as you say, there is a lot of these sort of harbinger ghost type of tales, and uh, it was it was one that I hadn't heard of, and I found it an interesting bit of a local a bit of a local legend, and uh, I just wanted to share it yeah. really. And I, um, I like I like the fact that it's got some photographs, even if they are a bit a bit dubious. I'm not saying it's uh, not saying it's a load of rubbish. I'm just saying <laughs> that uh, you know, I want a better picture. Get me a better picture. Yeah, yeah, but um, I yeah, mean, I the, mo mean. the more I convincing know. things is there's a lot of there's a lot of stories of people saying that they've seen him, and that that's you know I find them more convincing than the images. It's just people's like eyewitness accounts of of seeing the the grey man, but you know it's it's just an interesting little legend. People have definitely seen something. That's all we can yeah. say. Well, that's all I can say. Is people have definitely seen something, <laughs> whatever it might be. I don't know. Yeah. It could be, you know. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on from uh, harbingers of of not doom, but uh, saving people to um, something that hasn't been in the press for an awfully long time, and that is uh, the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, or Nessie. Yeah, been making a how, bit of a resurgence. Long, yeah, how how long? Have, I mean, the, I remember watching uh, Arthur C. Clarke and there was a, a, a like a, a mini report on there about the Loch Ness 
monster and a guy on the beach yeah. and he said oh, he was going to do like sonar and stuff to find and there uh, he mm. came up with this um years later i think it was sponsored through the newspapers they came up with this uh photograph of a what i suppose would be a fin what looks like a fin of a of a, a long dead creature uh, that from that used to live in the seas and they said oh it's this it could be one of those that were basically swam in there after the ice age and got locked landlocked or something and it's now living in there but so yeah. other people say well that's not possible because there isn't enough food in uh Loch Ness to uh, you know to furnish an animal that a creature that large because it was pretty mm. big um and people will argue saying oh yes there are there's plenty and some people say no there isn't and they've gone on like that for years, arguing about st fish and stuff. So I always, that intrigues me. And then, of course, we had the, the Nessie cartoon, but that's another thing. Uh, but um, <laughs> The family Ness. Was that that yeah. one? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he's living in a cave in the ocean. Uh, so there might be more than one of them down there. It might be like mm -hmm. a whole family of Nessies, the, the Muck Nessies. Yeah, and that isn't, that isn't a McDonald's burger. That is that is their name. That's their address. Loch Ness, McNessie, Loch Ness, uh, Scotland. Mm -hmm. So if you want to write to them, that's where you send it. Uh, but they might not write back because they haven't got hands. So mm -hmm. anyway, so um, le let me just read this a little bit. In okay. in the incredible images, uh, Chai Kelly. Uh, once again, if I get these names wrong, I do apologize to any native people who can say this correctly. I'm just I'm not very good at stuff like that. Chai Kelly captured an unidentified large eel like creature slowly spinning on the surface of the legendary lock. And there's a picture of her holding her camera going, look, I took this picture with this camera. Uh, and it says and now it goes back to a woman. It said a name up there. Right, a woman who captured the most exciting photograph ever of the Loch Ness monster has been revealed after she was too scared to show them. So you've got these pictures floating around, which are like really good, and you're like, no, I'm not showing these because this could be bad news for me. It could, yeah, be. That, I suppose. That's a bit weird. If you think about it, yeah, but put it this way. Right, there's been a lot of photographs of alleged Nessies over the years, and there's been a lot of people that have had to suffer a lot of uh, Mickey taking. So mm. I can understand it from that point of view. Where what was social media? You know how toxic social media is. Uh, you know, it, it, you can go one way or the other, and it only takes one person to, you know, say something wrong or somebody else, and it can all go down the toilet quite quickly. So I can sort yeah. of kind of see it. And maybe, maybe she's thinking, look, I got these pictures. They're a bit weird, but I'm just going to leave them in the album for my ancestors to find them. And maybe they'll maybe, know the answer. Maybe. Uh, so it says translator Chili 51 was taking photographs of the area of Dawes uh, when she and her businessman husband, Scott, 68, saw a strange creature move right to left over, the, over a distance of about 100 meters. I don't know what that is in feet for my American listeners. 100 meters is three I'm feet bad, to a meter. So yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a few hundred, couple hundred, I don't know, a couple hundred, couple hundred feet, something like that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it says, Mrs. Kelly was so shocked by what she saw on August the 13th, 2018, that she was, she was, she said she feared public ridicule. There you go. Uh, and did not want to share the images, but she was inspired by the biggest search of Nessie in over 50 years at the weekend, in which hundreds of volunteers took part. Uh, it was then that she plucked up the courage to show her startling photographs to a veterinarian nurse, a veterinarian, a, a veteran, a veteran Nessie Hunter, a veterinarian. What, excuse <laughs> me, I've got these photos. Do you think that is a Loch Ness monster? No, I'm a vet. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> veteran Nessie Hunter, Steve Feltham, uh, who has set the world record for the longest vigil of looking for Nessie the Loch Ness Monster, now over 30 years long, his door's base, uh, he was astounded. I remember that guy because there was a news report on him and he literally set up uh, a watch post years and years and years ago and he stayed on the lock on the shore. He made like a little house, a little uh, watch area. And I remember that. I remember that. Mm. He's still there. So, uh, Mrs. so he's Kelly just been on sitting hold- on the on the shores of Loch Ness for thirty just years, sat there. Just, just watching sat out there for thirty years, boiling water, drinking. Crazy. You, drinking, you think it's, you uh, think after like ten years you'd yeah. be like, oh, I haven't seen anything. I'll give up on this. That's dedication. Thirty years he's been sat. It's dedication. It's. Mm-hmm. Re- I mean, I, me, I'd be like, set it up. I'll be get eat all my sandwiches, add me pot noodle, drink me coke, or be Pepsi. Actually, I prefer Pepsi. And uh, and I'll be like, no, nah, he's not coming. I'm just, I, maybe I'll just stay the night. And I wake up in the morning, and I think I, I can't do this anymore. I have to go. It's it's too blowy. It's, why is it always raining here? And why is it so windy? You know. And why did I buy such a cheap tent? Mm-hmm. I should have bought a decent tent, at least a double skin tent that doesn't let the water in. But that's that dedication. I don't think he just sat there. He's just like sat on a oh, wheel yeah, somewhere yeah. waiting. Because that would like that would be really. I think he's got like a little, like a little house up there that he, you know, he's he's constructed some sort of like watchtower, and I, I think he's sort of properly sort of established there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's just like wandering around just looking, like thirty <laughs> years just wandering around the shores. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be like you know, yeah, you'd be start to ponder: Am I doing the right thing with my life here? Anyway, gotta have a hobby. So, well, that's that's what you call a hobby. That's what you call <laughs> dedication. Yeah. Uh, and just as he turns around, he, it, Nessie comes up, puts his head back down, and he completely misses it. 20 years waiting. And he <laughs> just picked the stone up, and he missed it all. Uh, anyway, so it yeah. was then that she plucked up the courage to show his... And then he... Is, yeah, we're not going to read that again. And the guy was astounded. Mrs. Kelly was on holiday with her family. Uh, from Ascot in Berkshire uh, at the time of the sighting. The family have since moved to the New Forest and Black... Why do we need to know this? Why do we need to know... It's just padding, isn't it? It's just padding out the article. It doesn't matter. They've got a little bit of a story and they just want to make a full article out of it. I'm going to quickly scan this. Uh, Oh, she said it was spinning and rolling at times. We never saw the head or the neck. After Mm. a couple of minutes, it disappeared and we never saw it again. So from what that... From this, what I deduce is they saw like a torso spinning in the water. They didn't see a head or a neck. Yeah. They didn't see any sort of flippers or anything. She said it was about 200 meters, yeah, about 200 meters, a few hundred feet from the shore. Uh, 
so it wasn't like really near them uh so i've seen the pictures and they are let's say links will be with the story they um it hasn't got not like this got a cameras isn't it all like camera up now which and wouldn't that catch yeah, it as I well? I think so, yeah. So it says the official register has now logged 1,160 sightings, including webcam images from mm. uh, records and other evidence, sketches uh, back through the centuries. One of the most well-known photographs of Loch Ness Monster later proved to be a hoax. That's the one with the, the little head going, hello, I'm looking at the water. I'm just looking yeah. around for leaves and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um Colonel Robert Wilson came forward with a picture that appeared to show the sea serpent rising out of the water of Loch Ness. Wilson claimed he took the photograph early in the, on a morning of April the 19th, 1934, while diving, uh, driving, sorry, along the northern shore of Loch Ness. Uh, the object, yeah, so that basically, I think that was the one that wasn't, was turned out to be not real. Uh, I, I'm just going to have a quick look at the comments because sometimes the comments on these uh, stories are better than the actual story themselves. Yeah. Um, Someone said it's rocks. Somebody's, yeah, somebody says tourist hotspots, Highland. Yeah, not very. Uh, why is it called a monster? It's never harmed anyone. <laughs> uh, that's that's one. Uh, oh, where's all we? Where, oh, yeah, I know more comments. Give me some more comments. Let's have a look. Uh, well, that, oh, I can't say that. Cool. Blimey, he's a bit angry. Uh, yeah, this it, is what I, someone here was saying. Something that I was thinking. Go I, on, bet Mr. Yeah. I bet Mr. Feltman was slightly peed off after thirty years without a sniff of a picture, and along she comes and just gets a real, really easy picture of the Nessie. Just some random tourist. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'd be a bit miffed at that. Thirty years mm. of 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 their watching and watching and watching, and then she comes along and just gets the picture. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sure he's seen some stuff. I'm sure the guy's seen some stuff, but uh, yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the Nessie. Maybe it's not mm. uh, not the Nessie. I do think, I do think people are seeing something though. Um, mm. I don't know whether it's a sea monster. I don't know whether it's something that's left over from the from the dinosaur days. Um, but I do think that there is something possibly either was in the uh, was in the lock or something that might still be in the lock i don't yeah. know to what context or what size it might be i think that it might be something in there but it might not be as large as what we believe it might be and this just goes back yeah. to our earlier story where people tell stories of folklore and legends and say oh yeah it was a big monster big dragon it was and it lives in the water and then as the years go by the the, the stare story becomes more than a story and it becomes embedded into the into the history of the land and the area mm -hmm. and then when we come along to us it's like yeah it's real it's a monster in yeah it? you know so yeah but we don't know and then obviously you know you're going to dive the lock no it's massive it's massive deep it's very deep that place so yeah i yeah. don't know uh, but maybe but that does mean that something could could potentially be down yeah. there i think that, that's part of the mystery isn't it because it's well, so deep there could be a creature in there that just hasn't been discovered well they say they one theory was that a creature like that would need to have access to the outside to you know other places 
And other people say, well, yeah, but how do you know that because it's so deep that there are not caves down there that lead to other places? Mm. And that that's its way in and out. That's why you never see it near the mouth of a lock or anything like that, because it's not actually going anywhere near there. It's moving. It's it's kind of traversing to other places underneath, you know. So I don't know. There are there are other there there is other sea lay or yeah well, you got, you, got there, is, there is other, there is a fishing thing in there so yeah. is, there must be some kind of like self-contained ecosystem even if it hasn't got it's access be, to yeah. outside so why couldn't something just be in there feeding off what's in in the well in the, 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 the thing is right well well the thing is it's like that uh, i know it's i know it's a uh, um not really the right same sort of thing but if i if i said right tom you're coming with me and i'm gonna lock you in the local co-op right mm. and you can't get out because i've got the key and i've locked you in now yeah. you're going to be fine you're going to be fine because it's it's dry it's warm there's loads of things to eat right mm -hmm. and you're going to be fine but those things are going to run out at some point or go bad and you're not going to be able to eat them so you're going to run out of stuff yeah but, the, well, but that would be the same for all the creatures living in there currently wouldn't it if that was the case it must yeah. have, they must be self-sustaining in some way or there's some access to keep new creatures coming in. Maybe, so they're yeah. like, a fish, is a, a fish is out for a swim. Mm -hmm. He's gone out for his morning swim. And he comes to a doorway and he thinks, what's down there? He swims down this, like, cave and he comes out into the lock. And he thinks, I never knew this was here. I've been mm -hmm. swimming around this area for 20 years and I never knew this lock. Oh, that's a big creature. What's that? <laughs> and they eat him. Yeah. Well, there must be, like, rivers, like, inlets into the block it's where new fish and things can swim in i don't know it's completely possible completely possible. what and what do you what do you think so of the actual said, picture that's on the page do you think that's convincing yeah there? i'm it i don't know I, I'm, I'm i'm definitely hmm uh to me to me it just looks like two lumps of nothing really it's yeah it looks like somebody you know like in a wet coat or something or yeah. something like that or maybe some plastic or something i i'm not saying it's not real i'm not saying that at all uh somebody the person that photographed it completely believed that what she was seeing was real so it, it most probably whatever it was she photographed is very real but as to the fact of what it is oh mm. who knows I mean, there's, there's other pictures from this uh, like if you google you can find other pictures from the same set and it looks like it has like moved it's, it's not rock like people are saying it's just rocks but in some other photos it, they're like no, in different did. positions so it must be moving around yeah, like she, she said say it was spinning yeah mm. she did say it was spinning it was it was good spinning but she didn't hit she only saw the middle part not the no no head uh, or anything yeah. large you know uh anim animals or uh, dolphins and that they do that don't they They spin around the water they're playing around you know they're just chilling mm. out uh but i just think that i don't know it's got it's it's got so much of a lore about it the loch ness monster it's so so much legend about it it's it's very difficult to sort of um not i don't mean to not take it seriously uh but to, you have an open mind of it but it's you've been you've been kind of well i have i've read so much on it with the Loch Ness Monster. There was books everywhere in the 70s, Nessie, and the, it was like the number one paranormal uh, cryptid thing that was in everything. 
mm-hmm. Arthur C. Clarke, and everybody, everybody was looking for the Loch Ness Monster. Um, and then now it went quiet. In the last sort of 20 years, 25 years, it's all gone quiet. Nobody talks about Nessie no more. Yeah. Nessie's kind of retired. Yeah. Um, and I would thought anything that's down there, I'm very much unlikely it's going to be the same creature unless it lives for like hundreds of years. It's like it lives forever. Um, I, unless it's a, a procreated and there's more than one of them. And maybe the one that there she's seeing is maybe the, the son or the daughter of the one that they saw before or a, a, a cousin or something or a relation. I don't know. Could but be. Could I'm be. just wondering it. Maybe it's more than one of them. Maybe there there's like a, a, a whole, maybe there's like a whole community down there, like a, like a town center, like Nessie yeah. town center, Nessie high street. Uh, okay. Last, last, the last story of this episode is mm-hmm. one that is one of the most bizarre headlines i've i've read in a long time and uh i i know i picked this one because i saw it and i thought that reminds me of tom this is the kind of story that tom would cover <laughs> yeah so i thought we're gonna do it uh mystery of scottish dog suicide bridge where hundreds of pets have eerily jumped off now i'm going to give you the first paragraph and then we're going to discuss a little bit overton Br- yeah overton bridge in Scotland is famous for its numerous dog suicides over the years with locals and experts still unsure what could be causing the strange phenomena. Right. And what I'm looking at is I'm looking at a long sort of stone bridge that's going through some vegetation with trees and stuff. Apparently dogs jump off of it. I don't know why Scotland is home to many old and picturesque bridges, but none are quite like Overton bridge. At first glance, the Victorian era stone bridge looks like just like any other uh, with a few. And there's a few dotted across the country. However, unlike any other Scottish bridge, pet owners walking, uh, pet owners walking by are urged to keep their dogs on the lead uh, for one of the very for one very unusual reason. Overton Bridge, which was found, which found near Dumbarton in West Dumbartonshire is the site of a strange unexplained phenomenon since the 1950s there have been many reports of dogs either falling or jumping to their deaths from the bridge uh mm. we'll just stop a minute and discuss that so you're you've got poppy the dog little poppy who is a i don't know little fluffy dog and he's very happy-go-lucky likes to play with a little ball right doesn't bark much you go out for a walk with poppy and you think it's all yeah. right get you off the lead you have a little run and he just legs it right off the bridge to its death mm-hmm. what what do you think causes poppy or any dog to do that what's going what do you think's going on there <clears throat> well i don't know there's I, I looked into it a bit more after you sent me this link and there's there is different theories some of them are some that are kind of credible. They're saying it's like the landscape that the, uh, yeah, it, you know, the dog, the way the tree, you can see the tops of the trees over the, over the side of the bridge, but because there's like a wall yeah. running along the bridge, the dogs just think that over the top of that bridge, it's just ground. So they'll jump up and then they'll lose their footing and fall over. Um, and people are also saying that they could be chasing the smell of minks and they did an experiment. I don't think it was in relation to this bridge, but they've done experiments with dogs and what 
scents they'll chase after. And apparently mink urine is really attractive to dogs and they'll just go crazy for it and they'll go chasing after it. So they're saying there could be minks in that area and the smell of the urine is making dogs jump over that bridge. But from reading people's accounts, they've always said like it seemed like the dog was like acting really out of character when they got near the bridge and like it was almost like they were possessed by something or something had taken over them. It, it, it wasn't like a natural, like the dog was just chasing after something. It was like the dog was acting weird. So I don't know. So I'm reckoning, right? I'm reckoning that area. Well, what, what you first said is completely plausible. If you're mm. a dog and you're running around and you just know that, you know, you look over the wall and you see green, to you, maybe uh, that's just grass, and you can jump onto that. The tops of the trees are just grass. To the to the dog, it thinks it's grass. It's just a field, and so they jump over the wall, or they think they're going to go on the ground. They don't. They just straight down, straight right, mm -hmm. right down. Uh, so maybe that's possible. But also, I wonder if anyone's done any uh, measuring of the electromagnetic disturbances or anything like that in the area or if there's any uh electric electronic pylons that covered cross crisscross the area or anything like that that mm. could be uh causing the animals to act a bit strangely become a bit sort of um disorientated a bit sort of mm -hmm. you know uh, freaked out by the electrical waves or whatever because i'm you know we we know that animals are a lot more susceptible and aware of their surroundings and what we are uh, their senses are more highly tuned and they are with their hearing yeah. and their sight their smell and it does you know and they, they seem to be a little bit more switched on to the environment than, than than just us clumping along thinking oh well you know but um maybe it's something that's affecting them in a way that they are unable to control themselves and that they're just yeah off they jump and it's think they're not even in control in a way because there's a little a little part in this report it says one lucky dog who actually was survived the leap back in 2014 was three three-year-old spaniel cassie cassie mm -hmm. uh, her traumatized owner alice uh, uh told told uh we had just got out of the car and cassie immediately made her way to the bridge yeah uh, uh she loves she loves her ball and it's normally looking uh, it's normally looking at me waiting for me to uh, make it normally waiting for it so it was very uncharacteristic she turned her head and looked up and did a, this massive leap yeah it was almost like it, it, when you read that it's almost like the dog had, wasn't really in control of itself yeah uh, and i've actually I, I, found just to add, just to add to that bit, sorry to cut in, but I, I also found another quote from the same woman on a different page where she says, "We walked towards Cassie as she was on bridge, and she was staring up at something above the bridge, as if she was like possessed or something. She was just stood there staring upwards. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. So uh, mm. I reckon, I reckon that they need to do some measurements or readings or something around that area maybe yeah. they'll get to the bottom of it. maybe there's something 
that's uh, doing some sort of hypnotizing to the animals. I, mm. I wonder if it's any other animals that they found that have maybe, you know, jumped off like, a, I don't know, like a squirrel or a, a hedgehog. Mm. Uh, well, was, was um, there was a, do you know the story of uh, Kevin Moy? No. He, he's a, this might be, this is a bit of a dark story. Okay, with that, from that coming from you, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, I'm okay. Ready. So I'll, I'll I'll just read this off uh, off because I was looking at the Wikipedia page for this at the bottom. In October 1994, paranoid schizophrenic Ken, Kevin Moy threw his three week old son Egon to his death from the bridge because he believed his son was the incarnation of the devil due to a birthmark. He said that he chose the location due to it due to its association with dark spirits going back to druidic druidic days. So, mm, yeah, not just dogs, but also, well, Children. in this one, this one case, some a man threw his own child over the bridge because of its association with dark uh, spirits. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was he was he was schizophrenic. So, but it's, it, you know, if there is something in that area that's it can affect people's minds some kind yeah. of mag man magnetic electric pole something like that you know it, it will it be interesting be. to uh do a little bit of research and see what paranormal activity is has mm. been reported in the area not just there but uh also in the uh in the you know the surrounding area because if you yeah. say some of those areas that are built on now that we that we have like homes on and stuff back in the day mm -hmm. they would do you know, sacrifice and yeah, all sorts of manner of things would go on, and you, you would have no idea now. It would be a lovely plush field or a or a, a children's play mm -hmm. area. But back in the day, it could have been something completely different. And have we got that? Maybe if that's kind of where that area is, and those kind of things have gone on, maybe maybe that has you know a, something. I wouldn't say the the total cause, but maybe it's adding to it. Yeah, well, that that yeah, article you sent's got something at the bottom, hasn't it? About apparently there's a, a white lady of Overton House, which is just at the end of the bridge. Yeah, they say they yeah, say yeah. haunts they say it haunts the area. Whether or not she's responsible for the dogs jumping over the bridge, I don't know. But well, what would be interesting is to do the research on the person that there's this this ghost story is surrounded around and see if she ever had any run-ins with a dog or with you know she was ever bit by a dog or hated mm. dogs or had dogs that were always barking and it really you know got on her nerves and maybe in in death she hates all dogs and she has the ability to coax them off a bridge imagine mm. if you're a ghost and that is all you do that is that you're so angry of dogs this is it this is what i'm going to do for eternity i'm going to stay here on this bridge as a ghost and i'm going to every dog is going to flick it off just Flick it off. Do a ghost flick and just go doink <laughs> and flick it off the bridge. But uh, yeah, but I don't know. But uh, as I say, I think we've come to the end of this episode. But um, we've we've covered some very, very um, weird stories in this episode. And I'm just wondering, um, what what are your final thoughts on this last story? What what's your thoughts on it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's an interesting one. I've heard of this place before, and I I kind of wanted to visit with my dog just to see how she reacts and keep her on the lead at least. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of this one. It's uh it's an interesting one, but I think there is, there is, is there other places in the world where they say similar things 
like that. Yeah, happen, yeah. You know? There are other there places are other... where affect people and affect. Uh, there's actually a place in um, uh, up in I think it's uh, Clapham Woods in mm. in London. There's an area there which uh, no Epping Forest, not Clapham Woods, Epping Forest, and mm. um, allegedly uh, people up there that have been. They get a lot of dog walkers up there. And uh, people have been uh, pushed, poked. Uh, they yeah. come home and they find scratches on them. Uh, uh, also, animals tend to act, act strange in the woods. They get to the center part, and dogs become like like this, like they're they whimper and they're scared. They want to get out. Um, yeah. There is also alleged uh, satanist, satanic rituals that have been done in the woods. Uh, things have been found. There's actually a little mini documentary on YouTube about, um, I'm pretty sure it's Epping Forest, and a, gu a guy is doing, he's trying to find out who these people are that are doing these rituals and, and shut them down, but he's he's having weird, he's had weird things happen to him as well, where people have tried to warn him off. Um, he tried to arrange a meeting with someone that was involved, but they, I think they told him to sort of stay away and don't don't get involved. So, um, also uh, alleged animal sacrifice. So, mm. uh, don't know. Uh, the very ancient woods yeah. go back a long way, and people, you know, they're associated a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of legend and stuff with those places. Uh, much smaller yeah. than they are than they were, but uh, a lot of back in those days with uh, forests and woods, there was a lot of um, different you know, people that would live in the woods and some of them you didn't want to meet at night or even in the daytime. So, yeah. Uh, mm. And I know there are other places around the world as well that, that you know, places like that where you can go and it's, uh, you feel a bit off. And I think that's yeah. got a lot to do with the, the, the magnetic uh, interference of the earth and how we, how it affects us as well. Cause we, it doesn't affect us consciously, but subconsciously I think it affects us more so than us being aware of it so some of the things that we might be experiencing we might feel that it's completely unnatural but it's natural in the sense that it's affecting us in a way that we're not aware of it if yeah. that makes sense i've yeah. not explained that very well but you know what i mean so yeah i'm uh totally interested in stories i think that uh there's they're, they're all plausible they're all possible um i haven't got mm -hmm. enough information to say that they're not uh, the Nessie one, oh, definitely on the fence with that. I don't know. Uh, the story of Nessie has been going for a long time, and there are there's not really there are some there are there are videos there are pictures out there, but it's still inconclusive. I think. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. what happened with this massive search that happened recently? There was like hundreds of people went there to try and find Nessie. Is that still going on? Because it, yeah. it, it did recently come back into the news, but. I haven't really heard anything. I think people just I, I over the know. years have got kind of burnt out on the Nessie thing because I'm going to actually you know, do. Uh, we're going to do that. We're going to do this right now. I'm going to type in on Google. I'm going to put Nessie search results and let's let's see what actually no, because that'll give me pictures of. Um, let's have a look. Loch Ness. Let's have a look. It was Loch Ness, wasn't it? Loch Ness. Uh, let's have a yeah. look. We want Loch Ness search results. So. Let's have a look. Okay, so you'll need to do it because my uh, keyboard on my phone doesn't work anymore. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to have a look for this Nessie search. That they did. Yeah, Nessie search result. Just, just to so we can be clear on if there was anything that was found. Oh, well, all I can find is articles saying enthusiasts gear up for the biggest search in 50 years or the search begins. So these articles were... Maybe it's ongoing. I think uh, it is because this, this, this article's from the 21st of August. And it says that... Uh, like, I got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it here. Uh, so basically, it's from this month. Or it says Loch Ness monster search ends without evidence of existence. The biggest lo uh. Loch Ness monster hunt in over half a century has resulted in several several reports of possible sightings, but nothing conclusive. The evaluation of data would take a lot of time. The organisers said. Uh, it says several reports of possible sightings have been recorded as the biggest Loch Ness monster hunt in decades ended on Sunday in Scotland. However, no conclusive evidence of the famous beast has yet been found. But they've yeah. got a lot of data to go through, so who knows what they might find. But, yeah, I, I just think this is going to, going to go on and on and on and on. And if Nessie's out there, uh, he's most probably, or she, or it, I don't know, um, is uh, going to just stay a mystery forever i think yeah yeah i think it's one of the things where you know back in the day people were a lot more excited about it but just as the years have gone on and there have been so many of these hunts for nessie with nothing ever surfacing no conclusive evidence i think people have just got a bit sort of burnt out on the whole nessie thing over the years you know it's a little bit like um it's a little bit like the black cats of uh of England, the you know mm. the the black cat sightings. But everyone, everyone said, oh, you know, there's black cats out there. There's there's you know big cats roaming the countryside, and people were like, no, it's a load of old nonsense. You're just you're just it's all folklore. Well, we know it's a thing now, and we know it's real. Actually, there's a high quality photograph of someone took of a large yeah. black uh -huh. was it a, a puma or a panther on the in the British countryside. So we know they're out there. Yeah. We don't know how many, but they're out there. So, yeah, it's a thing. And we know that most probably when the licensing laws changed, I think it was the, the late 70s or early, early 80s where people were keeping exotic pets, couldn't keep them anymore. Uh, rather than have their beloved, um, you know, Tommy the Panther or whatever destroyed, they took him down the road and said, go run, Tommy, go, go to the forest. And he got out of the car and said, why'd you drive off and leave me? Who's going to feed me? You know? <laughs> yeah. But maybe they went feral and went back to nature. You know, they're not stupid. No yeah, more food possible. for you, Tommy. Mm. Yeah. I uh, I just thought I just thought that you know uh, that 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 has gone a different way, hasn't it? When you look at the the black cats and uh, these kind of creatures, there's a there's a there's a possible. Well, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion now that they're out there. I don't yeah. know how many, but they're out there. But when you go for Nessie, we, we still don't know. We don't yeah. we don't know if Nessie's there or not because all the I mean you all right. We got water to continue. We have to you know we only you can't see in the water. Maybe we'll have a technology one day where we can actually see we can remove the water 
and uh, see straight into the ocean. Maybe we've got something like that now. Maybe they already know. I don't know. But it's a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of people. And the only people that could do it are people that get grants from like univer for universities and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I think that it's been a long time. And I think we should just, if it, Nessie's going to come and, and, and come out of the water, it will when it wants to. I think you just leave it. It's like anything. It's like you watch your kettle boil. It takes forever. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, think, I, I just feel like the appetite's gone for that sort of thing. You know, it has because we've moved on so much. We've got no, we, yeah. we've now got UFOs in the sky. We've got the governments of the world going, well, uh, those UFOs that we said, I think they're a little bit real. I think, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, some of them are real. Let's change the name from UFO to UAP. So it's not like we're admitting that UFOs are real. Even though UAP yeah. means exactly the same thing. Uh, don't get hoodwinked by that, please. The governments aren't going to tell you anything that's not within their uh, best interest. I, I, I'm moving from that onto another tangent regarding disclosure. And uh, I just feel that, you know, with this, all this disclosure stuff, that people are, you know, some people are saying it's coming. They're going to be uh, aliens. Coming. They're going to tell everyone. It's going to be no. I don't think they are, but I do not think they are. I think the governments are going to want to keep. There's the the people. There's very powerful people in government that do not want this to come out because they got so much to lose. They got so much power to lose, and there's so many companies out there that have got information or knowledge. They just do not want to give it up. They don't want to give because they know once they give that up to the main the government, they just the the government within the government. Those 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 men behind the you know, behind the throne, they just, it will disappear forever. And it will be the, what's the, look, what's the first thing that it's going to be, that's going to go, look, we've got this technology. It's going to, it's going to benefit. It's going to benefit mankind. And then you've got other people in the government that are going to go, yeah, but can we kill people with it? Can we make a weapon from it? Well, maybe give it us, you know, I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's what's going on right now. But that's a, mm. that's another story for another day because that's another rabbit hole you can go down. I know if some people are going to disagree, and that's fine. Uh, but I'm just I'm I'm getting a little bit burnt out on the whole UFO thing now, and the whole uh, just believing everything the government say. I'm just so not believing anything they say anymore because everything they tell you is normally something they just want you to believe. It's not actually the truth. And I think when it comes to UFO stuff, there's a lot more going on in the background that the greater public um aren't you know uh, being allowed to know and then there's another thing as well have you noticed that with the the all this stuff that's going on with congress uh, around the world you know the ufo stuff most of the people the greater general public are like yeah whatever whatever really yeah it's, it's strange how people that. have just sort of accepted it almost it's yeah. like oh, oh there's aliens in oh okay and then people have just sort of moved on and gone on with their lives. It's it's weird. Yeah. It's almost like uh, you, think... you think people will be going crazy, like, oh my God, the government have just confirmed that UFOs are real. <laughs> but mm. it's strange how people have just sort of accepted it. Like, but um Yeah, I think that social media, um, I think that social media has a massive role to play in that, how it is controlled people, the way that people think. Uh I think that uh things like, you know, uh any social media, like Facebook, it's a massive psyop. It's a massive way of controlling the way that people think. And I know that some people are going to go, you mental, yes, yeah, rubbish. But you think about it, right? Social media is just the modern day version of buying your newspaper from the newspaper stand. 
you go buy your newspaper and you read your newspaper and you, it's, it's just program. You're just being told what to think. The different papers tell you different ways to think, but it all comes mm -hmm. back to the story. The narrative is the same. You're, you're being controlled by something and it's you, you, whether you're doing it intentionally or unintentionally. I think so media is the same and i think that a lot of this stuff that comes out on social media with the ufo stuff you know i go on twitter sometimes i go on ufo twitter and i and i read stuff that people post because i do like to find different ideas and different thought processes about what the ufo might be what it might what they might want but most of the time i end up in threads of people just arguing with one another and i don't i don't understand why people are arguing i just all right if you disagree disagree but there's no need to have a a full-on argument about stuff but yeah such is life that's the way it is you know it's the world we live in isn't it but yeah. uh anyway so i think we've come to the end of this episode um and a fun episode it was uh one of more one of many more to come so please don't don't, don't worry everyone if you really enjoy these tom and i's uh, waffle hours then uh there's going to be more there's going to be lots more it's just that tom's a busy man he's got his own channel and he's got to do his own thing. And I've got my thing. And when we get time, we, we do another episode. But I would I would appreciate uh, if you're out there and you like it and you share it and uh, do all those things because it really does help uh, you know, move the channel upwards rather than downwards. You know, it all helps. But on, on a final note, what, what are your what's your plans for, uh, you know, what, what have you got? What have you got on a shelf at the moment? You mean like video, video wise, or yeah, in general, what, what you, what, what's your plans? Yeah, what, any projects or anything you're working on? Uh, new, new videos? Well, I've always, yeah, I've always got things. I've got a video in the works, um, like a true crime type of thing. I'm kind of trying to get that finished, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm going to be away, sort of somewhere, Scarborough away next week. So. Every time I go away, I always try and look for somewhere interested nearby to go and explore to see if there's any like strange stories or whatever. But half the time we end up just doing some doing going shopping or something, and that all those plans get back, you know, get get held up. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll look for something to do while I'm down there, and I look for some interesting things. But I'm, I'm well, always working. I'm always working on different things, you know. I was going to say that nearer that nearer time when the as when the, when these stars align at the right time, I'm going to have to make my trip up to your neck of the woods, and we're going to have to go on and explore together. We have to yeah. find somewhere yeah. and do a do a little mini ghost hunt or something. Get it, get our video cameras out and do a little bit of recording uh -huh. and uh, put something together for our channels because that'll be fun. I think that would be a quite cool. Um, I'm sure we can find somewhere an old. An old mill or something to to wander around at the at some unearthly god unearthly hour, um, yeah, and scare ourselves stupid. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that sounds fun. But uh, it's um, yeah, that would be fun to do. But it's it's like getting uh, it's like the my little project. I had this project of getting a load of uh, podcasters and YouTubers that I've worked with and done shows with over the over the months, um, getting them all together and us do all getting uh, hiring somewhere. And staying over for like a long weekend and, and in an old, I don't know, an old abandoned castle or something. But these places now are so expensive, so expensive to hire. And it's like you're talking over for three days, like over a thousand pounds just to hire it. And I know that's fair enough. You can split that between lots of people. But 
you don't want to do something like that with too many people because it mm. becomes too confusing. You want to keep the numbers quite low, like, you know, no, no more than sort of five people. You don't want like 10 people or 12 people because even though these large places could sleep that, um, you want everyone to have their own space where they can just go off and do a little their own little mini sort of investigation themselves or whatever. You don't want every people around every in every room and every they would just become too chaotic. So yeah. uh that's still on that's still on the um agenda, but just waiting for the right place to appear that's in the right sort of part of the country. And uh and maybe it'll happen. Uh, but who knows? Um hopefully at some point. But yeah, I definitely uh, I'd like to do something like that. That would be fun. Uh, whatever. But I uh, I'd also like to do an old like an old mill or an old workhouse or something. Uh, Rob yeah. from Dead Air Radio did an old workhouse, mm. and he actually Rob from Dead Air. He just this latest video he's done is an old uh, I think now demolished shopping mall. Yeah, and I would have loved to have gone in there at night when it had all closed, just wandered around. Because these these buildings, these public buildings that we go shopping in, and when they close and there's no one there, it, it take on a different feel, don't they? Oh, definitely, you know yeah, that? yeah, they yeah. Feel. I, I I just love walking around places at, at night. You know, going. I, I love I love going into the woods at night and walking around. I just 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 feel. I don't know. There's there's something about the atmosphere in the places at night. It just completely changes. Really, well, I, really I don't know about it. the woods. I mean, you know, I went from like a shopping mall, and you're walking around the woods now in the middle of the night. I mean, that's got you different. That's a that's a that's a different level. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. I I like, yeah, I don't know. I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean. It's a it it's a different atmosphere when it's dark, uh, mm-hmm. and you don't know what's around you. Um, actually, I was watching a. Uh, uh, I can't remember the, the YouTuber's name. He's, he does all this like camping stuff, and he mm. camped in an area, and he had to move because he became so unsettled that he felt that there was someone walking around him. He could hear footsteps, and there was mm. no one around him, but he could hear foot, footsteps like walking through the shrubbery, through the through the grass and stuff, and he became so convinced that he he could hear this that, that he packed his gear up and moved. I mean, I know our minds are very powerful at night because we can't see stuff. And I have walked. I mean, yeah. we've got we've got a large wooded area here that goes through the coast, and you can ride, you can walk down. It's the road travels all through. It. It's a wooded both area, both sides. And I've walked down that road at night, not on my own, with a group of friends, and it's still a bit eerie. You're always feeling yeah. like you know you're being watched. So yeah, I know that feeling. I, I know what you're on about. But uh, it is it is a bit uh, unsettling. So anyway, yeah, okay. So I think we've come to the end of this episode. Thanks for everybody, everybody for listening uh, and uh, putting up with uh, mainly my uh, in, insane, uh, endless waffling. Uh, as I say, Tom will be back on a, another episode. Once we decide what we're going to do, I think I do like these kind of free and easy episodes where we just pick a few links and uh, uh, just talk about stuff because uh, sometimes those are the best episodes because you never know where they're going to go. Uh, have you got any any last words, Tom? um oh god I, I i can never think of anything when i'm asked questions like this <laughs> um i don't know all right thanks for tuning in everyone that's all i can think there you of. go that, from the man himself. <laughs> that's all i can think to say <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well there you go that's a good way to end the episode i uh i will be back soon anyway i'm i'm, I'm sure and give it a couple of weeks and we'll be back with something uh, uh, even more bizarre but until then i hope you enjoyed this episode thanks a lot, awfully for listening and uh we'll talk to you soon <laughs>